Venezuela is crumbling, we know that. But what's it like to actually live there and have to deal with the shortages of basic daily items? The extreme cost of a cup of coffee and the authoritarian rule of President Nicolas Maduro. This is TikTok, I'm Dave Meyer. Joining me today from Caracas is Bloomberg News' Andrew Rosati, who is no stranger to the crisis in Venezuela. Thanks for joining us, Andrew. Pleasure to be here. You and others in the Capital City Bureau have been doing great reporting in, this ser- in the series Life in Caracas. What is that? What is the life in Caracas for an average person? Well, I think for the average person, life can be uh, you know, very hard and at times infuriating and, and many times hopeless. Uh, you know, inflation in Venezuela is spiraling towards a million percent. There are, as you said, there are shortages of basic foods and medicines. And, and most people um, make less than uh, $20 a month here. You know, so $20, put that into perspective. Like, what is that? What is $20 to an American? The minimum wage is currently, um, the president says it's worth about $30, but inflation is actually is currently eating away at that. It's actually worth much less, uh, around 20 bucks, I would say. What does that get you here? Um, you know, not that much. Uh, you know, very people can get by basics. You can get, uh, you know, uh, rice and vegetables and whatnot. But for other non not even luxury goods and things like that people really have a hard time stretching it out throughout the month people here depend on multiple jobs so let me just take one of those items a cup of coffee if i go down to the corner store in caracas how much does a cup of coffee cost me um it'll cost you right now it'll um around uh a hundred sovereign bolivars right now that In, in dollar terms, isn't very isn't very much. It, 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 it's not even a it's not even a buck. But you know, again, when you're talking about a, a minimum monthly salary of less than twenty dollars, it really eats into people's wages here. So people can you know a cup of coffee becomes a luxury item for many many Venezuelans. Just this week, you reported on the lack of running water in the country. What was that like for you personally? You know, it's a huge frustration here, and this is something that affects, you know, rich and poor. No one is spared. You know, I'm lucky if I get a half hour of running water every day at my apartment. Sometimes it doesn't come. I'm fortunate, though. There's a, a big uh, blue 200-some gallon tank attached to the in my apartment next to my refrigerator. It's about the same size. You know, many poor Venezuelans, many people without this luxury, uh, you know, depend on they'll have buckets and jugs strewn around their house and it, it, it really makes you know your life a, a bit of a nightmare when you can't flush your toilet you can't come home and take a shower when you wish you're washing your clothes um doesn't happen at times not even on a weekly basis and so it, it becomes very very sticky and unpleasant how long and crazy is the list of basic necessities that are hard to come by you know, it, it's completely rotating, right? You know, this week uh, I was doing some shopping, and I, I mean, I could find things like milk, um, eggs, uh, you know, various cheeses that I need. But a lot of the big problem, it all rotates here because many of the goods that Venezuelans consume are are imported, and because the country is in a severe economic crisis, you know, the imported goods that you find today aren't necessarily the imported goods you find tomorrow. Recently, this country has been on this political and economic trajectory down. Uh, was that always the case with Venezuela the past few decades? Things really started to go sour about four or five years ago when uh, commodity prices crashed. You know, oil is Venezuela's only significant export, and the government here didn't 
uh, didn't have a plan B, it didn't plan properly, and it didn't want to make take an economic adjustment either. So these four years have, have invoked a lot of suffering, and you know a lot of critics say that much of this could have been avoided or at least softened had the government taken some measures earlier. How big is President Nicolas Maduro in this equation? He certainly inherited much of this mess from his success, uh, from his predecessor Hugo Chavez. But the fact of the matter is, aimed is that he has largely refused to make serious economic adjustments. Uh, you know, he uh, including like curbing spending, lifting currency and price controls. Um, any economics economists say that this is something that needs to be done immediately. But he, almost almost five years in power, he has refused to do any of this. The UN recently says over 1.5 million Venezuelans have fled the country since 2015. Historically, where do they go? You know, historically, you know, Venezuelans uh, in years past have traveled to places like Miami and Madrid. Um, but in recent years, as the, the crisis has deepened and, and Venezuelan, the Venezuelan exodus has grown so quickly, um, we're seeing Venezuelans uh, push um, um, across land across South America. Uh, Colombia is the biggest receptor, um, partly because it's circumstantial, it being, it, it being um, on the border with Venezuela and they have a lot of strong cultural uh, ties. But you know, but, mo- but the, the Venezuelans that are crossing the Colombia don't necessarily stop there. They'll, they'll go into Ecuador, Peru, all the way down the southern cone into to Argentina. The places they're being forced to go, is their life any better there? I think at the very least, you know, I, you know, the stories I hear are not, you know, always pleasant. But at the very least, people are finding that they can make a living wage, and that's becoming almost impossible here for many Venezuelans. You know, people are taking big steps down. Doctors are driving cabs, uh, and you know, engineers are selling flowers out, out of uh, on the street. You know, but at the same time, they're making enough in places like Peru. Um, Ecuador to, to feed their families and send money back home. And this here, as I said, the, the, between the shortages and hyperinflation, you know, people are literally going hungry. Uh, you know, Venezuelans are uh, are losing. I think the uh, a study here found that the average Venezuelan lost as much as almost 20, uh, 20 kilos. So uh, it's a very grave situation and people, you know, are going where they can start new lives. It's been reported President Trump once asked why the U.S. just doesn't invade Venezuela. Is that really a possibility? And what would happen to that country? You know, I don't believe this is a a, a, a real possibility. I, I, certainly, I could be wrong on this, and I've been wrong in the past. But you know, after all of the coups and invasions that marked the Cold War in Latin America, there is a huge pushback, pushback not just by the Venezuelans, but but in the region as a whole of any foreign intervention here. So it would be very, very unlikely, in my opinion, that the U.S. would take such a drastic role. What will it take to turn this country around? Many are saying that, that things won't get better until there is regime change. A lot of people think the only change that will come is if a different factor within the government or uh, or the military will, will pushes for that. Regardless of who takes over, it's going to require, to require billions and billions of dollars. And like I said before, lifting controls to really get the economy going again. Bloomberg News' Andrew Rosati in Caracas. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to follow Andrew and his Life in Caracas series on Twitter. He's at Andrew Rosati. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and please head on over to iTunes and, and let us know what you think. I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates on Twitter 24-7 at TikTok. <laughs>